Hi, and welcome to ProPrac. I'm Kira Brickyere. And I'm Nicole Breeden. You're listening to How Are You Today? A spin-off series where we call an artist and check in with how coronavirus is affecting them and ask them to share their worries and their hopes for the future. Hello. Hey, Lauren. Hey. Hello. How are you today? Today, I am pretty good, actually. I Great. have been teaching my RMIT students on Friday morning. So um, I really love having the mornings with them. They're great students and they had an assessment today. So that went really well. Wow. How have they been adapting to um, studying online? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, the reason I'm so proud of them is that they have done such a great job at adapting. So I was really worried that it was going to be rubbish for them, like not having that face-to-face contact. Mm. But it's actually worked really well because they're at home. You know, they can get comfortable. They can watch the screening. Yeah. And then also not, not having to be face-to-face in the classroom, which is something that I'm not really – wasn't initially a huge fan of – but it gives, because there's 23 students, kind of gives them the confidence to have a voice without being seen or having to be present yeah. in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's actually worked really well. I think it's because of because of the fact that we're doing it online, mm. which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting to see what has kind of translated better to online and like how mm. different students really do thrive in um working from home and I, I think it will be really interesting to see how education on all levels adapts after yes. um, we kind of return to normal but um, yeah, to see yeah. what kind of new ways of teaching and learning are implemented um, that yes. have been found beneficial for people. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Do you mind sharing with us how you have been affected by um COVID-19 either like personally in your practice um, or and obviously you've just mentioned professionally in terms of teaching but um, in any other areas? Yeah so I had I had four pretty major shows for me planned for this year. I kind of felt like that I'd been working up to this point for a long time. So for me it's like those four things were vital to kind of push me forward to the next phase of of my practice I guess you could say. Um, so losing those opportunities, I was initially really gutted, like quite, um, you know, I kind of go in phases. Mm-hmm. Some days I'd be like, oh, this is a really good thing because I have more time. You know, you always need more time as you guys will be aware to make work. But then the other part, other part of me was like, oh, I've, I've worked so hard to kind of get to this point where I'm doing these shows that I really want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like it was going in waves. But then I realised that I got into the studio and kind of started, had more time to be making things and uh, testing, which is something I don't really usually have a lot of time to do. I'm really reactive, mm-hmm. I realised, with my practice rather than proactive. You know, I'm proactive in terms of admin and setting up shows and making sure that I'm constantly going, but... I'm really reactive in terms of developing work. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it can be hard to get into that cycle um, outside of the, the sort of exhibition cycle of getting a show and then like, okay, well, better 
make the work, get it ready, exhibit it, and then, you know, by that time the next thing's kind of already in motion. So it is it can be really yeah. challenging, I think, sometimes to find that that time to just um experiment. Yeah. Well mm. I don't think that, and the thing was is I've I've never done that. Yeah. Actually. So what I do is my work's always research-based and I do my research and then I make work that's mm -hmm. inspired by that research and it's completely the opposite at the moment. I think it's interesting also what you just kind of touched on before about in terms of like feeling those waves because I think there was definitely a point um, a few weeks ago where things were so uncertain and I don't know, for me personally, I was kind of mm. like, why why would I be making work? Like what would I be making work for? Like, is there going to be a gallery? And especially when all that Ausco funding got, you know, cancelled for so many art spaces, it was like, okay, well, like, where have we, where are we going to have to show after all of this? And why bother making work in the way that we have been before? So, um, yeah. Oh, I definitely have felt that as mm. well. And also just waking up in the morning and being like, well, what is an artist and what is what is art? Yeah. What am I doing? Mm. Like, what am I actually doing? What is it for? <laughs> Who is it for? Yeah, what is what it, does it do? for? It's all just a load of shit. But no, I mean, it's not. It's not, but it kind of felt like that some days. Totally. Yeah. I think, I don't know, having that time to kind of doubt everything is a good, it's also been a positive, you know, kind of a positive thing for me as well. The re-evaluation of who I am, what I'm doing. I don't know. Look, there's been huge financial financial losses for me. So it's kind of like for me the ripple effect has is probably more uh, – it has more of an impact than what the initial stage did. Leading on, you've just kind of mentioned that you've got another working style that you're going through at the moment. Um, are you working on any projects, any new projects? Well, I guess um... – I don't know, I wanted to reconsider what I was working on for Photo 2020, which was kind of like uh, this idea of um, plants and animals being romanticised through photography for the purpose of um, food advertising. Mm. For me now that's really shifted because our relationship to food and our habits around food have all changed mm. since um, COVID-19. So I'm kind of, what I'm working on at the moment is shifting that research to be more um, adaptable to our new relationship to food, mm, I guess. That's so interesting. Has there been any uh, changes in your relationship to food during this time? <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of gathering yeah. stories at the moment about yeah. uh, people's foods, food habits changing. Yeah, I mean, as we all have been experiencing more time to, to cook and um, really consider where the food is coming from and what it is that we need, I guess, as well, like luxury mm. items, things yeah. that I would buy that I didn't even realise were luxury items that mm. I would use in, in cooking. You know, I was considering whether I needed those things anymore or if we, you know, once a week we'd have some Uber Eats or you'd order a pizza, you'd go up the road and get a pizza and then that was things that was really normal. People do that two, three times a week. Um, but, you know, we haven't been able to do that. I mean, I know that there's been food available, but we um, have wanted it to be safe, as safe as possible. Um, so we've been making all of our own food. Aside from um, the changes in your eating habits, have you um, changed your, your daily routine much at all? I think for us, we're, you know, my partner and I were always on the go. 
it's a, it's a, you know, every morning you wake up and it's go, go, go till yeah. 7, 7, 8 p.m. at night. And for the first time we've had time to kind of not do things as quickly and take the dogs for a longer walk. And, you know, initially we were cracking open a bottle of wine at, you know, 4 p.m. in the afternoon, which wasn't, was really bad. And I kept beating myself up about it initially because I think we kind of were having troubles dealing with the situation Firstly, so, you know, having a glass of wine a bit earlier helps with that. And then also um, kind of feeling, yeah, I don't know, like you don't usually get to have a wine at 4pm in the afternoon on a Tuesday. So, you know, taking advantage of that that situation as well. So initially I think my routine was really bad and I was beating myself up about it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing all the things that I said I would do because I wasn't used to having time. But I think now over like the last probably six weeks, we've had to kind of set a routine where we get up, mm-hmm. have a have a quicker breakfast, take the dogs for a walk, and then you've got to like setting rules that we have to be in our studios working for at least, you know, five hours a day. Um, but my studio space has kind of shifted as well because it's where I teach from now. Yeah. So it's really different for me. It feels different for me, that space. Uh, and everyone gets to see it when they're talking to me on Zoom, which is nice as well. But that's um, – I don't know what the studio space is anymore. Either. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lauren, is there anything that you are currently worried about? Yeah, I guess for me, as I said, I was talking about before, it's like that ripple effect. So initially I was just trying to deal with the situation and felt in some way hopeful because I had more time on my hands, more time for people that I didn't have the time for before. But I guess now I'm just a little bit worried, obviously, financial you know, my income is a, mm-hmm, is a sure. little bit of a worry for me. Um, yeah, so I think uh, in terms of, you know, our health system and, and being in Australia, I think we're in a, a fairly privileged position um, if you think about the pandemic, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I don't worry too much about that, but still, like, trying to be really safe. Um, but... Yeah, I'm not sure because the thing is for me is if I lose my teaching work, which is my income, I don't see um, that kind of any opportunities would be available to me until next year. Yeah. So then we're looking at like maybe eight months of potentially being unemployed, um, which I guess worries me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think people are starting to realise that with kind of what's been happening in the news this week as well about people calling for JobKeeper to stay on longer, that we're, we're really not going to see the effects of job losses and loss of income yeah. for months to come. And Especially we, in the arts. Mm, it's not, yes. you, can't just, you can't just resume, you know, there has to be a lot of public confidence and also, you know, it does really rely on having big, uh, huge numbers of people in one place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is that I need my income to also make work. So. Yeah. If these shows that I were having this year were to be rescheduled for next year, which it's looking like um, most of them will be, if I don't have an income, then I can't make the work for the shows. So that's like that ripple effect and that, that huge loss of, of income. Yeah, it would really affect my practice as well. It's kind of like all oh, that got myself to that point this year that I really wanted to be in. Mm. And then it might be a two-year recovery 
potentially. I mean, yeah, I hope that I would be able to find work, but if I wasn't, you know, you're looking at maybe two years to fully recover yeah. and to get yourself back to where you were before. So I do worry about that, but then on the, on the flip side of that, I feel really privileged as well to not have to worry. I don't know, like financially, if that's not having money is a worry, but then also we're all okay. Is there anything that you're hopeful for into the future? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that that's the, it comes back to feeling privileged because of, of us being in Australia and mm. having this time to kind of reconsider your values and reconsider the way that I work. I'm, I hope that, you know, I won't continue to work a 1,000 miles an hour and not give my practice enough time to be better uh, rather than just churning things out. Um, more research, you know, I'm hopeful that I have learned something from this downtime, I guess, and that I can implement new ways of working. I mean, in saying that, it's easy to say that too, isn't it? Yeah. If, <laughs> you know, if someone said, let's do a thousand things this week, I'd probably jump at the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> and make some money. And Wouldn't food, we you all? Know, you... Yeah, yeah. So it's hard, but, yeah, I'm thankful for the time. I am thankful for the time. Even though it's difficult and there's, you know, there's all these losses, I think the gain, the gains are really all about reconsidering your values and yeah, yeah, working smarter. I don't know. Yeah, Lauren, do you have a website um, and a Instagram that you would like to share for our listeners to be able to follow you? Yes. Too, yeah, I'd love that. So my website is laurendunn.net. Mm-hmm. And my Instagram is Dun Lauren, so D U W N Lauren. Great, cool. Well, thank you so Thanks. much for um, sharing all of that with us today. So nice to talk to you guys. Thank so you. So nice to speak to you too. Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we have recorded and pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and the elders of the land on which this podcast reaches you on today. We extend that respect to all First Nations people listening and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. How Are You Today has been generously supported by the City of Melbourne's Quick Response Grants. Follow us at ProPrac Podcast on Instagram or email us at propracpod at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever you listen to podcasts on. Please stay in touch. We'd love to hear what you're up to as well.